Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number four. Um, your host, Jeff Humphreys. Um, today's guest um, will be a cool conversation. Uh, him and I, I started working with him maybe three years ago, maybe just over three years. Uh, I see him often. Um, it'll be an interesting story because I really don't know the whole backstory. <laughs> so um, I will let him introduce himself and he can uh, so name where he's working right now and then we'll uh, get into the show. All right. Uh, my name is David Swagger, and uh, I work at uh, Most Physical Preparation in Calgary here. Cool. Yeah. Um, and work. So the way the way obviously the show here is entrepreneurs, artists, and athletes. Right. And the reason you're here is because yeah, yeah. So I uh, yeah, my wife and I uh, own <laughs> own uh, Most, and uh, we started it about eight years ago. Uh, I we have Most is a uh, a training and uh, clinical facility, so. We have both uh, uh, a clinic that runs out of the front where we have a uh, physiotherapist. Uh, I myself am an osteopath. Um, we've got massage therapists. Uh, and then in the back, we have a fully functioning fitness Gym. center. Yeah. So uh, Jen looks after all the coaching and stuff. And the, and the reason that um, I know David is because I had problems with my elbows from water skiing. Right. So... Um, so I've been working with David trying to like heal me for the last three years yeah. off and on. I water ski all summer, break myself, and then I go to most all winter back. to fix myself. Yeah. So that's how this relationship, <laughs> this, that's how the relationship goes. Um, so yeah, so this show is pretty straightforward. It's just talking to um, interesting people that I find interesting. Okay. Um, just, you know, their origin story, go back as far as you want to go. And we kind of work through a timeline. Okay. And the cool thing about it, like I said, was I don't know your story. So this right. would be really interesting for me to okay. get into get a little it. background. Yeah, all totally. Right. So, um, so yeah, go back, go back as far as you want to go. And then I'm just going to interject and cut you off and kind of lead you down a path. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so I would consider myself a, a native uh, Calgarian. Uh, I was born here. Uh, then when I was two, uh, my father owned a, uh, bought a, him and a couple partners bought a, uh, an explosives business uh, focusing on uh, seismic exploration, mining and construction and that kind of thing. So he moved up to, we moved up to Grand Prairie uh, for what was supposed to be two years for him <laughs> to look after the, <laughs> the northern half of the province. Well, uh, yeah, I was up there all the way through uh, through high school and stuff like that. So, and so what? So he was. So he, he bought. He's like a, he was an entrepreneur. Then he bought his own kind of. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. Parallels is funny. I didn't realize till after the fact. But so, like I said, we've been open at most for uh, about a, a little over eight years now. So. I opened most when I was 35. Uh, the company he bought was uh, called Ace Explosives. Okay. And uh, he bought into Ace Explosives when he was 35. Wild. So it was kind of, yeah, just coincidence. But hmm. uh, yeah, so he kind of started uh, an entrepreneurial Crazy. journey about that, uh, about the same age that I did. Hmm. So yeah, cool. it's interesting in that sense. So in Grand Prairie, so from like two till? 18, basically. 18? Yeah, two till, uh, so it was yeah pretty much my whole childhood was up there and what was and what kind of kept you interested up there I, i've never been to grand prairie so i you know i know nothing about it uh you know i, I think it's it, it's a pretty busy place uh to be honest with you i haven't been up there in, in a bunch of years because uh you know while our you know my immediate family lived up there all my 
extended family was st- all still down in Calgary. So, yep. you know, we, that's where I say, I still, you know, I feel like a, a native Calgarian. Cause even though we were living up there, anytime we were on vacation or over the summers and stuff, we were always down in Calgary with my grandparents and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot obviously now since we, I mean, when we moved up there, I don't know how many there were when we moved up there, but when I was, was old quiet. enough to realize how many people, there was like 30, 32,000 people kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty small. Yeah. Um, two high schools, you know, the, I was at the Catholic high school. There's oh, yeah. literally like 400 kids. <laughs> In the whole thing? <laughs> the whole school. Yeah. hundred percent. Whole school. There's like 400 kids. And, uh, the public school, which was right across the parking <clears throat> lot, uh, they had about 1500 kind of thing, but yeah, so it was, <laughs> it was small, man. It was, it was little. So when did, when did, so the, and obviously the the one thing I do know about your background is your football career. Right. Um, did you start playing ball early up there or like, what, when did that kick in? Not because there wasn't really, you know, at that time. There's 12 people in your grade. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, at that, at that time though, like up there is now a, a friend of mine that, that I actually played with in high school has started, uh, uh, you know, Bantam programs and he coaches at the high school up there and there's actually a fairly decent football scene up there right now hmm. but um again it's small they just don't have the numbers so yep. like they compete in like uh like tier two kind of rural little areas well they'll end up like in provincials and stuff they'll end up competing against like i saw they were in town here really? a couple of years ago and played uh okotoks oh, okay you know what i mean so hmm. but yeah smaller they're not like the you have to it's all based on school size yep. right so yep. they're you know smaller schools but he's yeah he's done really well up there like built a really good hmm. uh really good program for, at the school that i was at so when did so, you start then uh so they they retooled all the schools in 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 grand prairie because one of them closed one of the junior highs closed yeah so they sent all the grade nines to the high school so right. my high school ended up, we were the first year, but it ended up being grade nine through grade 12 instead of most in Alberta that are grade 10 to 12, yep. right? So they had a, uh, they had a rule that, cause we all wanted to play football. You know, we'd been playing tackle football in the schoolyard, breaking yep. each other uh, <laughs> in, in t-shirts, right? So we all wanted to play football. So they implemented a rule where if you were over 150 pounds in grade nine, then you were allowed to play no football. And, uh, so it was like me and three other guys kind of no thing. Way, that was it. Yeah. We're big enough that we're allowed to, <laughs> allowed to play football. So man, but, but man, I'll tell you that you taught you. So I'll, that was an experience, uh, simply because from the athletic side of things, I'm in grade nine and I'm 14. And uh, at that time, this was the, that was also the last year, I think, that they allowed grade 13s in Alberta. So you could come back the year after you graduated Mm -hmm. for another semester and take a course and play, you know. So 18. 18 going on 19. And and I'm 14. (laughs) I don't know, you know, if you're not familiar with, you know, human physical development, 14 to 19 is a, is a massive difference, right? So, uh, yeah, I look back my whole like uh, high school university football career uh, i never had my ass handed to me as bad as i did that grade 9 year oh my god cuz you were like were you like cuz you're a big dude were you at you know obviously you're over 150 in grade 9 were yeah. you, were you were you bigger than average or were you just um 
I mean, yeah, if you consider grade nines, yeah, I, yeah, I was bigger. I've always been a little bigger than average for sure. Yeah. In my world, though, like in the football world, I'm a medium guy. I'm yeah. not really, yeah, I'm yeah. not really that big. Right? I'm, <laughs> I'm just like yeah, kind of in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So then, so grade nine. So then you played football grade nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, yeah. Played grade nine through twelve, and then uh, and then uh, defense. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it, or yeah, both. Yeah, in high school, it was it was everything. Again, so we had 400 kids in my school. Yeah. My grade 12 year, I think we had 24 kids on my football team. So you played everything. I walked on the field at opening kickoff and then walked <laughs> off the field when the last horn went. And that, that was it. I remember playing a playoff game one time that went into double overtime. No way. It was against the other high school in Grand Prairie with yeah. the 1,500 kids or whatever. Yeah. And so they had like, you know, full like 60 guys on the roster. Somehow, I have no idea. We managed to win this game. It went into double <laughs> overtime. I literally played like every – we got back to the locker room after I couldn't take my shoulder pads off. I was like, somebody help me. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. That's so, crazy. So, yeah. like, you know, I, I didn't play football, but, yeah. I, you know, a bunch of buddies played ball. So, I can't yeah. imagine playing an entire game from special teams to, like, Why, defense. I effect. can't imagine that now either. But, no. uh, yeah, it's, at the time, yeah, you're young, whatever. It's, it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah, for sure. So, then after – after high school, did you then come back to Calgary? Well, yeah. So I, uh, my initially I, um, had been because, you know, we're in Northern Alberta. So proximity to Edmonton is much closer. Yep. Uh, I played in a playoff game when I was in grade 10 and played pretty well. So there's coaches from U of A up there. Mm -hmm. So they came and talked to my coaches and after the game, they were like, Hey, uh, we need to talk to this guy, number 71. And they were like, oh, okay, well, you can talk to him, but he's only in grade 10. And they were like, oh. So so then I, I talked to these coaches, and they started invi inviting me out to camps and stuff like that. So I've been to a bunch of camps at the University of Alberta. Gotcha. And so uh, I was uh, – came. this is, is kind of interesting anyways. I, I came, it came to – in my grade 12 year, I'd been to uh, – U of A's like spring camp in my grade 11 year, even though I wasn't going to be eligible to go, yep. I just, you know, they invited me for the experience kind of thing. Right. Yep. And then, uh, my grade 12 year, uh, we came down to Calgary f for Christmas. And so we we're sitting at my grandma's house and one of her friends, we get talking and I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to go to U of A to play football. And he was like, why are you going to go to U of A? He's like, you should come down. And I was like, well, I haven't talked to anybody at U of C. You know, you got in the, you know, late 90s, it was a very different time. Yep. You know, there's internet was basically like, <clears throat> I won't even would say not like my first memory of the internet was when I came to U of C in 95. That was Which like, is pretty close to the start of it all. Right. Like dial up. They like, gave me, you know, they gave me an email address <laughs> and I was like, you guys are geniuses. You really came, this is exciting. You know, I thought they'd invented it at U of C. But um, anyways, so the, it was different. Like the whole recruiting process yep. was different. Everything was different. And so back in those days, there was kind of an unwritten rule that U of C didn't recruit north of Red Deer right. and U of A didn't recruit south of Red Deer. Now yeah. recruiting is like national, yeah. even international. We got players from the U.S. and stuff up yep. at U of C. But um, yeah, so back then I came down and the guy's like, well, why are you going to U of A? Why don't you come to U? And I said, wow, I haven't talked to anybody at U of C. I don't, I don't know any. And he was like, oh, well, I know the head coach. 
So he gets on the phone. Who was it? Who was the coach? Uh, coach was Peter Canellan at that point. Okay. Yeah. And so he gets on the phone and like literally as you're sitting there. Yeah. And phones up Peter Canellan. Like old school wrote, like, was it? No, it was probably a touch, <laughs> it was probably a touch <laughs> bed. It's not that long ago. So anyways, he, he phones him up and he says, yeah, you know, I know this young man and he's a football guy from Grand Prairie. You know, is, do you have a time that you could sit down with him and meet him this week? And Peter was like, yeah, sure. You know, bring him in. So, and I'd played like provincial ball and that sort of, I'm sure he probably knew who I was at that point. Yep. And so, yeah, go into his office up at the university, sit down, never been there, never met anybody, have a chat with, with, uh, coach Canellan and, and, uh, yeah, it went pretty well. And he was like, yeah, send me, you know, a highlight tape and, and that, this and that. And so, uh, sure. I get a call, you know, kind of mid January. Yeah. We'd like to invite you to our spring camp in, in April or May or whenever it was I said, okay, sure. Yeah. I'll come down. And uh, U of A's spring camp was the week before. So I go to U of A's spring camp mm -hmm. and I go through the camp and I, I know everybody there. I know all the coaches yep. and a bunch of the players. And, and, and uh, so the coach comes over at the end and he's like, yeah, you know, you, you made our team. And, uh, you know, we're, we don't guarantee starting positions or anything, but you'll likely travel with us and this and that. And, He's like, okay. And I said, okay, great. I said, that sounds fantastic. I said, uh, you know, I got to go to Calgary next weekend for their spring camp. I said, but I've never been there. I don't know anybody. I said, uh, you know, chances are 90% that I'm probably coming here. And that, and, and what he, did he say? Was he like, he was like, okay, good. You know, oh, he wasn't like, oh, no, no, he's fine with that. I mean, good. I think that was pretty common practice at, right. that, at that. So he's like, okay. So next week I pack up, go to Calgary, get here. And from day one, it was like the difference in dynamic mm. of the program was like night and day. Hmm. Like I walked in here and from we, I got my first year at UFC, my freshman year, we won Vanier Cup. So we won the national title mm -hmm. and we had some pretty good guys on that team. But yep. I walked into that spring camp that year and like from the very first moment I walked onto the turf, it was like Vanier Cup, Vanier Cup. No this, way. That, there's fights at practice. There was, it was like the level of intensity was through the roof. Was that, was that a good thing for you? Like, oh, 100%. Because you, you, could, you could go there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I could identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew at that point that I wanted to play. I knew at that point that I wanted to play defense because yeah. uh, I just like playing defense. Yeah, that and, in you that you, you yeah. could get after it. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, that's... Yeah, I, I've always said that's where football to me is funny. Uh, it's a it's a different game in that, yeah, there's a score involved and there's a, but underneath all of that, mm -hmm. it's about dominating the guy mm -hmm. across from you. Totally. And it's almost about, you know, when you see him wave the flag and, get, and give up and yeah. you know he doesn't want to play yeah. anymore, that's when you've won. You just, the score is just like a, <laughs> is a byproduct of that, basically. Yeah. yeah. When... And so, cause you and I are, are the same age, yeah. um, I played hockey. So, but when I was playing hockey in, in the kind of mid nineties, it was pretty, it was aggressive. It mm -hmm. was, it was a different, mm -hmm. it was a, oh. it was a, a big part of the game. You know, there's, there's, there was fights, there was big, big guys, you know, yeah. just had no, no boundaries Yeah, and similar to football. And is it, has it changed from then till now? Oh, football. Yeah. If you look, and I mean, I'm sure most people are probably aware of, you know, like the, the concussion yeah. stuff that's come up in recent years and that kind of thing. And yeah, the game of football now is 
vastly different than it was back even 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I watched, it struck me a few weeks ago, I watched uh, a football life, the NFL uh, shows that they have on different players. Yep. And uh, this one was on Brian Dawkins, who is a safety from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Man, I think he stopped playing maybe seven, eight years ago kind yep. of thing. You go back and every single hit that dude made mm-hmm. would be flagged right now. Like, like it'd be launching himself yeah, head oh, first. It'd be penalties mm-hmm. and fines mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and I, I mean, I, I get that the, the game and I think some of that is good. You know, like back when we played yeah. receiver runs across the middle, balls way over his head over. Yeah. You yeah. just, yeah. you know, now you'd get flagged for that, which there's no, really no reason to hit a guy that you know is nowhere near going to catch the ball. Yeah. You know, I'm all for hitting a guy if you think he's going to catch the ball. But so some, I think some of that is 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 good. But yeah, no, the game is definitely it's way different, very different than it uh, than it was back then. So when you're so coming to Grand Prairie and then coming yeah. to Calgary, do you was it? Did you feel were you intimidated to to come to Calgary and try out for university, or did you have that internal confidence yeah. that you were you're comfortable with what was about to happen? I was pretty comfortable, I think, with what was about to happen. Um, I, again, I'd play, yeah, I'd played like provincial ball and stuff with, you know, peers of my age from schools all over the, you know, the province. And you're obviously could hang with them and. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It wasn't a problem. And I remember prior to that, I remember talking to coaches uh, before my grade 12 year of high school in grade 11. uh, Again, it was in Edmonton. We were at a at a game. I, I think coaches. I don't remember from whether it was from U of A or from one of the junior programs in Edmonton. Took me for dinner into a football game or whatever, and yeah. we were talking. And I was like, at that point, even before my grade twelve year, I was like, yeah, like I'm ready to hmm. compete against you know better people. I want to. What is that you think? It's funny because uh, a couple of shows earlier, I talked to a buddy of mine, a, a pro hockey player, mm-hmm. and you know you went to college and played ho- and played hockey, but there's something there's, I think there's something different about um, people that go, that play at a high level. And yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. This is the feeling. The other, the other guy, my buddy Jackson said, it was just the feeling of needing to be ahead all the time, you yeah. know, to be at the front of the pack all the time. Yeah. And that was his way he could articulate it. What do you think? And it's kind of interesting because, you know, you played a high level and I think you were like defensive captain of the team. Is that, at UFC, yeah, yeah, I was a, I was defensive captain for three years. Yeah, so like obviously good player, big big presence. Yeah. You could kind of command a room. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, you open up your own business. So there's something in there, and I'm wondering what it is that that you think about that kind of drives you t- on that path. A, hmm. a to be a high performer, and then B to open your business. I think they're all kind of intertwined, and I just don't know how. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, I would agree <clears throat> with you, and I haven't really thought about that a lot. I almost think it's. N- not even necessarily a conscious thing. Like, I think it's, I think it's just that, that drive that kind of underlies your, like your whole direction. Yeah. Like your constant, and even in, even not in a, even not in a business sense, but in a professional sense, like I'm constantly trying to look for new, new ways to improve myself or to, Mm -hmm. you know, to make things better. I'm not, yeah, I think it's that that constant kind of thirst for improvement, you know. Um, yeah. do, do you think it's do you think it's a combination of that plus like DNA? Because 
so, you know, some people can yeah. have the, the drive to do something, yeah. but they might not have the, whether it's the physical aptitudes or the, the connection, whatever it is, you know, that's kind that's of, a, a, it's a great question. And I think, I, I don't know that I have the answer for it. I, I think there's probably a lot in the realm of psychology that would play into it and a yeah. lot in the, but I've had talked about this with, with some football guys in the past and observation, you know, just yep. pure, this isn't based, yeah, on, we're any, this isn't based on anything <laughs> other than observation, <laughs> but I, I see a lot of people that are hamstrung by, by fear of, well, what if I try and it doesn't work out or, you know, mm-hmm. what am I going to do when I get out of school? What am I, a lot of, uh, and I, you're right. Maybe it's just a, it might be kind of a universal in the, in the mindset or in the, but a lot of the guys I know that I've come up with playing, I never thought of that. It was like, well, then when I'm done school, I'll just start doing this. Hmm. And I've, I've talked to that and they're like, well, what do you mean you're going to start doing that? How do you know you can do that? Well, I'm just going to do it. Hmm. It's, it's like a, it's a foregone conclusion. It's that o- like it's over. This is what I'm going to do. Well, how are you going to do it? Well, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this is what I'm going to do. Hmm. You know? And I, I don't know whether that's a false sense of like bravado from, you know, from being, uh, being an athlete where you just feel like you can kind of do anything you want. But I honestly kind of feel that way. Like I could, whatever you decided you wanted to do, that's what you're going to do. Do you think there's like, you know, I think, I think like high performance, playing high performance sport sets you on a different path than Mm -hmm. a lot of different, you know, people that don't have access to it or have never experienced high performance sport. Yeah. You know, they might be smarter. They might have a different path, but I feel like people that play at a high level in any sport Mm -hmm. can make those statements. I'm going to do this. And not being egotistic. No, and that's it's just it. like, It's not a. This is where I'm going. It's just it's fact of the matter, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, you're right. And I don't have the. I don't know why that is. But this that's in my life. That's been the case. It's been okay. Well, now I'm just I'm going to do this. Well, what do I need to do that? Well, okay, I'll take step one, and that's what I'll do. And yeah. I, I think maybe that's part of it that mm. you're used to. Yeah. You know, you look at you're used to the process. You're yeah. used to, you know. Not I'm, uh, after having been around a long time and, and uh, you know, I'm very in tune now with trying to avoid outcome goals and like embracing that process that it takes to yep. achieve those goals. Again, like like the score in a football game to me is a byproduct. Yep. It's not the yeah, that's maybe the, the ultimate goal is to to win the game. That's fine. But there's. What are you going to do to take the steps to win the game? Yep. That's what's going to determine that end score. You know what I mean? That makes sense. And yeah. so those steps in the process along the way are the again the score is just a byproduct. And that's if what you, you focus on. You, yeah, if you have you know if you have twelve guys on the football field that get the other twelve guys across from them waving the white flag, they don't want. I guarantee, I'll tell you who's going to win that yeah, game. It's, over. it's not a question. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you get two really good teams. Nobody's waving the right flag and mm-hmm. they're just beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. And then it's a top. It's then, a real now, game. Those are the games yeah. that you're like, yeah. oh man, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. The games I'm talking about are the, you know, the 65 13s. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was <laughs> it's very ugly. obvious. That was ugly. You know? <laughs> yeah. But. yeah. I find, you know, that's why, that's why, you know, getting you on, on the show was really interesting to me because of mm-hmm. that thought process of, I knew you played a high level and then running your own business. So it's really, it, that's mm-hmm. a big reason why I wanted you on here just to hear what. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think too, you know, in my, in my experience, the, the combination of, of, of experience and then um, 
seeking out the backing or the, whether that's, you know, the academia side of it or whether it's the, you know, but seeking the, the reasons for, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, why things happen yep. as opposed to just knowing they happen because you experientially have, yep. but understanding the whys, I think really kind of drives me. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so then I'm just jumping all around here. So yeah, then you fine. finish, uh, you finish university, graduate with what? Uh, I graduated with a kinesiology degree. Yeah. Which then kind of got you on the path for post football playing. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things where I didn't really know, you know, it's not like I knew what I wanted to do all along. Uh, I, I went into, when I went to UFC, I went in, I knew I really liked the human body and I liked, you know, exercise and I liked, you know, understanding that. So yeah. I, I went in that first meeting with Pete Canell and I was like, um, I'm, I'm thinking of enrolling in uh, the kinesiology faculty. And he was like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't just, just do something in the science faculty. Uh, if you, so, okay. And I'm, I'm 18. I don't know anything. I'm yeah. like, okay. So I enrolled in biosci for my first semester Wild. and went halfway through the, and was like, this is terrible. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be in this faculty. So I, I transferred to Kines after my first year. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, every, yeah, so it all worked out pretty I, well. I think I, my first time I went to Mount Royal, so I dropped out of Mount Royal three times. Okay. In the 90s. There you go. Me and school yeah. weren't really uh, connected. Not hand in hand. Nope. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'll tell you, if not for football, very unlikely that I'd have a university degree. Really? 100%. It, it, and did you- early, gr- early on, you school was not, you know, I went to school to play football. <laughs> like, so you were just sliding by? Oh, like, wait, 100%. Like, whatever the GP. I didn't know where the library was till my third year. <laughs> <laughs> my first, yeah, my first couple of years of, of university, yeah, I just, I got my ass handed to that's, me. That's totally Acad- like, academically, 100%. I didn't, I didn't know how to athlete. Oh, like, man. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and it wasn't really, to be complete, it wasn't till I met Jen and uh, in my third year or fourth year university or whatever, and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, play ball. I don't know, you know, doing what I need to do to be eligible to play football and get my scholarship. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's when I started uh, probably around that third, third year university, fourth year, I started getting, you know, a little more interested in, in school. And then I think it's one of those things though. And I've said all along that I think if we all went back to school or did school when we were in our, you know, thirties or mid, yep. we'd probably do way better. Like yeah. if, if you, that's what you actually wanted to do. Yep. It's just at 18, I, I didn't care about school. I cared about no. playing football, which is now working with young kids. I'm like, please learn from the mistakes that I made. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no reason to not focus on school. Yeah. And uh, I'm really, you know, I've since become very big on academics and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, promoting academics within our, yeah. You know, the young football guys that I work with and, and, uh, it's one of our key things at most, like yep. you show me your report card. If your marks are bad, this isn't happening. Well, it won't be the first time. It'll mm-hmm. be the next time I see this, yep. I better see an improvement, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not, if you continue to, you know, show me that your marks are terrible, 
we yeah. need to have a discussion about whether or not you're going to be here kind of thing. Totally. Right? Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because I, you know, I know you as a smart dude. Yeah. And so it's funny to, it's funny to hear your <laughs> to first hear. two years. Oh, you're yeah. like, no, <laughs> not yeah. that guy. No, no, no. Like high school, you know, I, I did the only, the, on it, the only class I even tried in in high school was math. Uh, hmm. And I just kind of floated through and did well enough. Like, I mean, my grades weren't bad. I still had like, you know, in this high seventies and eighties. Oh, so you were like, yeah, you could make, you could, but get, I didn't try uh, anything. You know what I mean? It, it was just, just yeah. natural. Whatever happened, I just, happened. I just did what I needed to do right. to get what I, to get what I needed to get basically. Yeah. yeah. You need a 75 to get into university. Okay. I'll get a 79. You, know, <laughs> you need a, you know, it was like, all right. But you actually got a 79. I, yeah. cause you know, like I said, we're the same age. So to getting into college and university, this, it was that 75. Yeah. I was like, you know, on a good day, I was 66, 67. Okay. So I had to Rick. I remembered being mad because <laughs> they had told me it was a 75. <laughs> and then when in grade 12, all of a sudden at UFC anyway, I don't know, they changed it to where they admitted for, I think this was only for a year or two, maybe. I don't know, maybe even one, because probably, every, but they decreased it to you only needed a 65. Oh, I, can't I was like, I got a 79. I only needed a 60. I remember at the time being mad. Like, <laughs> All like this extra work yeah. you did? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I look at it. I'm like, geez, Louise, what a dummy. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah that's funny. funny. Um, so then you graduate and then start, where do you start going? After? Where does your path start taking you after that? Oh, shoot. So, yeah, that's where it gets interesting. All right. I. Um, so while I was playing football at you this is where it's funny too you talk about entrepreneurs or or i don't i mean i don't really consider i I, I i am i guess but i don't just, consider myself an so, entrepreneur it's so really because i'm just gonna like interject again but yeah jackson same thing you yeah. know he he you know high performance person and he won't he won't use the word same way like i won't use the yeah, word i wouldn't either yeah to be honest and with I, you. I won't use it because i'm like super fresh yeah. so i i'm I wouldn't pull that card out. Yeah. You've been doing it for a long time and yeah. you could, I think you could, but it's really interesting. That's now two people yeah. that are successful and won't use it. Well, and don't be, even to, look to, at them. To like, be honest with you, because I don't look at myself as a, I think to be an entrepreneur, in my mind, to be an entrepreneur means that you got to be like a businessman or a, and I don't look, I don't consider myself a businessman at all. And I've actually said to people several times that our business succeeds in spite of our business sense, just not, definitely not because of it, right? Um, yeah. It's, it's so, it's, it, this is interesting. That's why this show is cool because all of a sudden, I, you know, as, as I get to talk to more people, it's going to yeah. be very interesting to hear. When it kind of goes back to, I had this discussion with uh, my physio yesterday who's just, just graduated. She's young and starting out. Um, and I, I've had this discussion with people before where I said, um, the way that I, the way that I kind of look at things is in, from a business standpoint, cause I don't have any formal business education mm -hmm. at all, like zero. Yep. Uh, I've, and it's just always been my outlook. Like if you do things the way they should be done and you treat people the way that you would expect to be, or like to be treated and, and you provide service that you would find value in yeah then things will look after themselves it's it's going to be you know and i think if i was very business motivated our business would probably be flourishing you know even more than it is maybe but yeah. that's just not me i'm just like i'm not a, yep. a business guy to to sit and 
do business kind of planning and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it drives me bananas. Like, it's really interesting because I think, you know, you know, for me, for me, just getting into all this, running, running my own thing, part mm. of me thought, again, you, you need all these formal things, you know, all these formal processes in place and yeah. you need to follow these, like, you know, you got to write a 50 page document to explain what you're going to do. And right. then you have to, and I, my head won't go there. We're, we're eight years in and I'm starting to formalize, formalize my, my plan, my processes and my plans. I'm actually making awesome. a, a, a operating manual that kind of outlines processes. Cause somebody was like, if you and Jen like died or left, nobody would know what the hell is going on here. And I'm like, yeah, that's true actually. Uh, so I, I've kind of said to people that we spent the first five years of our business just getting things off the ground. And basically a buddy of mine, Chris said this to me one time, uh, that, uh, you've basically created a job. You haven't built a business mm. and he didn't say that in a, in a negative way. Yep. He just said like, realistically, like if, if you left, yep. it's over. Yeah. There's no business, you know? So we're kind of in that, what mm. I see is kind of the second phase of our, yeah, that's cool. so yep. we're in the phase now where I'm trying to make this a, business not just a job where if i were to leave or generally it would it would run without us being there gotcha you know what i mean yep um so yeah that we're kind of in that process right now that that gives me hope because if you're eight years in figuring this out then i got a few years that i can well and you know what and i think you know i I think for for people that are in business and stuff i think and i you know like you i know lots of different people that have their own businesses you know whether it's restaurants or clinics or whatever yep and I think it's great to sometimes just sit and talk to, especially for when you're just starting out Mm -hmm. to sit and talk to other people that are doing the same thing. Because I think sometimes, and you know, just society now and social media maybe is the worst for this, where you see whatever, what's out there and you think like, oh man, everybody's going gangbusters. And you know, this month, man, we were struggling. I hardly, I hardly made the rent this month, you know? And then you're like, you talk to somebody else and they're like, shoot, man, I had to, take out a loan to, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, okay, well, it's not as bad as, you yeah. know. Yeah. So I think it's, it's good to have those discussions with people, yeah. you know, to, to kind of show that no, not everybody's, you know, rolling in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, record setting profits every month. You totally. know what I mean? But yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, now that you say that is this, this whole idea, this whole show is borderline self-serving because I get to like pick people's brains no, and good. just learn a bunch of things, yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we got sidetracked. Yeah. Um, after uh, so after high school, you said it yeah. got interesting on your path where you were where you were going. Oh yeah. So again, I came out. I, I didn't really have any real set direction. I uh, oh yeah. This is going back to where I said I don't see myself as an entrepreneur. But uh, somebody asked me sometime some time ago about a a resume, and I thought about it, and I was like. I haven't written a resume since like my first year of university. Like when I applied at Foot Locker, I had, I to, hand in, I had, to, hand, I had to hand in a resume. <laughs> I might, no, so it might have been my third year of university. Somewhere in there though. Yeah, I got a job at Foot Locker. And that, awesome. was, that was probably the last resume I had. Wild. Because after that, you know, uh, my first kind of job I had while I was still in school was there was a um, – I don't know if you were a hockey guy. You might remember. Do you remember those uh, the Frappier acceleration program, yep. the skating treadmills? Yeah, yeah, with that like the angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, I worked at Father David at Bauer, Bauer. Yeah, uh, at fr- at the no acceleration way. program. Who ran that? 
Do you remember the guy's oh, name? Oh man, I kind of I picture, picture his face. I can picture dark, his face. Yeah, dark he's hair, like shredded, dark hair, tall, yeah, lanky guy. Yeah. James, oh. James Gattinger. Yes, that's who it was. Totally. I haven't, man, I haven't thought of that name for a long time. Me neither, because I worked in Hockey Canada. Okay, so in he, the same building. Yeah. 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 Okay. Crazy. Yeah. So you worked there so like, I, training people or what were you doing? Yeah. I worked with, uh, that was my first Gattinger. kind of exposure to, uh, to, you know, strength and conditioning outside of just training myself. Right. You know, uh, that was my first exposure to like coaching hmm. and, um, yeah. So I worked there, uh, and we worked with, yeah, hockey kids. Who was, um, from, sorry, uh, the trainer for the stamps, he worked out of that clinic, didn't he? Oh, like the therapist? Yeah. It was... Um, it starts with an H. Hopkins? No, George Hopkins is their equipment guy. Who it is? was... Um, I, I'll think of okay. it. It'll, it'll, it'll come to me. Yeah. So that's your first like training experience there with hockey guys. Right. And it was like everywhere from like 10 year old mm -hmm. kids all mm -hmm. the way to, uh, I didn't have any NHL guys, but I had like guys that were playing pro over in Europe. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I look back and I'm training these guys and I'm only probably 21, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I worked there for a while. I don't remember exactly how long I worked there for, but out of that same facility, um, was, uh, there was a place, uh, a personal training group running out of their, uh, innovative fitness. Right. Uh, that was Vince Danielson who yep. used to uh, play slot back for the stamps. Yeah. That was his company. I remember that. And so um, they were just in the process of like finishing up out of father David Bauer and opening their own facility downtown on, uh, on 11th Ave. Mm -hmm. And so somehow in that transition uh, I'd been working there Vince got a hold of me and said, you know, I'd like to sit down and discuss some stuff with you. Was he retired when he was doing all this? No, he was still playing at that point. Okay. Yeah, he was still playing. And so um, Vince uh, and his uh, general manager, a guy, Ranjit Bawa, uh, I interviewed with them. And hmm. then I, yeah, I started working down at uh, Innovative Fitness. So, again, I'm still finishing my degree at this point. Yeah. Uh, Working, doing like strength conditioning or like trainer? Or what was yeah, the this, so this was more like corporate training stuff uh, with uh, execs and that sort of thing. They, yeah. would, they would come in into the, the facility, yeah. And you'd kind of run them through. Right, yeah. And yeah, Vince did a great job of building that business. Um, and he had, yeah, like really, like it was pretty high-end execs, like. Yep. Not all, not, but like early, like the 6 a.m. crew, I was always a morning guy over there mm -hmm. and ended up after like six months, I was the, the morning manager kind of thing there for the yep. rest of my time there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was like, you know, like big oil execs and guys like mm -hmm. that, that, you know, weren't even, you, you talk, the girls at reception are talking to their assistants to book their schedules no, kind that of kind thing, of. like those kind of guys, right? Mm -hmm. Where it'd be the worst snowstorm of the entire, Yeah, but you know, it's in their daytime or at 6 a.m. I mean, those dudes show up Click. and then at seven o'clock, the rest of the day's canceled, <laughs> but those 6 a.m. dudes. So I guess that's part of, you know, that ob observing that too, that drive of yeah. these guys where it's yeah. like, I don't, it's, it's in my daytimer. I don't care if, mm -hmm. you know, there's a hurricane, I'm yeah. going to work out, you know? Do you, do you find, I've heard this a I've heard this from, from a couple of different places, maybe on, you know, online somewhere, articles about 
that exact thought process of people that work out first thing in the morning, yeah. are they wired differently or is it, or is it purely based on schedule? Is well, there, I think those guys are wired differently. You and know? differently and, because and it takes so much energy to pull that off. Like to get, to be committed to go at six o'clock in the morning is a different thing than. To me, I almost equate that along the same lines as the athlete thing you were talking about, mm. you know, where again, for an athlete, like we get up and train just the way it 6 is. 6 a.m. four days a week. Yep. 10 months, 11 months out of the year kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. It's not. And it just becomes. Just driven? That's it. Yeah. just. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I I think that's it. I think it's just part of that drive, you know. Which then gets you going on these, whether you're successful in business or whatever it is, it's that drive. That's where I think there's so many parallels. And I think that's why athletes in a lot of cases are sought after in business. Right. Because a lot of those lessons that they've learned through sport translate to business for sure you know like i've i've always said probably the single biggest thing i learned from sport was the ability to relate to others Mm. you know and uh you know because you look on a college football team you've got 100 110 guys yeah you know there's no way on earth that you're going to see eye to eye yeah with everybody in a team of 110 guys. But the one thing you learn is to put differences aside and work towards, yep. you know, a common goal for sure, regardless of those differences. Yep. Right. So, yeah, I agree, man. I love, I love being able to, to talk about business and sport because mm-hmm. it's, you know, growing up when you're playing sport, you just, you don't really fully understand what you're learning. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. You learn all these things and all of a sudden you you get put in these situations in the business world and you're like, Oh, yeah. For whatever for whatever reason, I feel very comfortable right now, and right. I can navigate around this, right? Because I, I was playing sport for fifteen years, sure. whatever the number is. Sure, and I mean, you learn again, like anything. I think most things in life come down to people, you know. And you learn again, aside from putting differences aside, you learn how to read people, yeah, and how to, you know, like I remember when I played. There's a guy I played with, defensive end who great athlete uh he was a guy though that if you yelled at him and we're like what are you doing like pick it up let's go he that wasn't him like he'd shut down yeah he'd shut down you know but you know dude makes a play and you're like man that's fantastic these guys can't stop you start boosting Mm -hmm. them up over he would just play after play but you realize that like you know, to, to reach this guy, mm-hmm. it's not about yelling and screaming because that's going to shut him off. Mm-hmm. You know, to reach him, you got to build him up. You got to boost yep. him. And yep. then now he starts buying. He's believing it and he's getting, you know, he's feeling himself. And now yeah. he's, you it's know, over. now it's, yeah. So, whereas the the next guy beside you might need that kick in the ass. Like, yep. listen, man, pick it up. Let's go. You yep. know, and he's like, yeah, okay, I got this. You know, yeah, yeah. everybody's different. And, and, and I think sport teaches you how to totally. relate to different people and kind of cater your what you're delivering to those people yep in in a way that they can receive i agree yeah. i agree i've you yeah. know i've talked about it a couple of times now but just sitting in boardrooms and understanding the hierarchy and understanding temperature and yeah. tone and who needs you know the way you talk to people well and i think some of that too is what what will differentiate the players within sport that end up being your captains or your you know position leaders or your because they're the guys that mm-hmm. figure that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guys that don't figure that out, it, 
if you can't figure that out, then you're not going to, yep. you, you know, your peers aren't going to recognize that. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And yeah. I think it's an interesting conversation because I, well, I, I've never, you know, growing up, I've never had anybody like connect those dots, yeah. you know, like to even talk about it while you're playing sport, that the things you're learning isn't just how to take a slap shot or right. catch or run or whatever. There's a bunch of yeah. these different um, lessons that actually in the long term are super valuable. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you're running that, you're running that uh, fitness place right. down there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I was at Innovative Fitness for about uh, two years, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, in the, and personally, in the meantime, like, I, you know, I met Jen uh in 1990 fall 97 i think so it would have been my third year at school she's playing field hockey she yeah she was done at that point she okay. was finished playing she but she was uh working up at the university and then uh anyways we we started dating like late 2007 or sorry late 97 early 98 kind of thing hmm. um and then, uh, yeah, we ended up getting married in 2000 while I was still finishing school. Yep. So I was in my, I graduated in June 2001. Was that right? Yeah. June 2001. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. So, yeah, we got married before my last season of football. <laughs> and Crazy. So, yeah. So I was married in my last year. <laughs> uh, and so... I'm at Innovative Fitness, just married, finishing up school, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> so we got married in, in May, uh, and then by June, Jen was pregnant. Wow. No, not June, July, maybe. How's the chaos? It was, again, I was, I was 23, so I didn't know. I looked back and I'm like, I didn't know any different. I was just like, meh, okay. Go. No, I remember, you know, I laughed because I, we, we got, we got married. And obviously at 23, you know, I remember getting married and having that discussion. Like, what do you think about kids? And I was like, yeah, well, we'll have kids. Okay. Well, you know, like, what do you want to do? Like, what, you, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I don't know. Let's just see what happens. You know, two months later, I'm pregnant. I was like, oh, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, being 23, I thought, I thought, you know, you'd have to try to have kids for like a year or two yeah. and then finally be like, Hey, we got lucky. <laughs> no, at 23 no. In, in a month and a half, you have kids. <laughs> so, so we had a kid, we had a kid pretty young. Crazy. Uh, so yeah, I finished my last year, uh, my last year of college football was in 2000 and then Max was born hmm. March 2001 wild yeah so uh yeah so it was uh, yeah it was an interesting time i'm working in innovative fitness finished that up and uh and uh then so as i'm working at innovative fitness i met a guy who was a client who uh, was a chiropractor in town that did a lot of soft tissue work and that yeah. kind of thing and so he uh he was looking for somebody to come on and work as basically an assistant and help him out with some of his soft tissue stuff. Hmm. Uh, I had no background in any of that. Like I had my, you know, I was finishing up my kinesis degree at this point. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, so we started talking about that and I started shadowing kind of summer, fall 2001, right after I graduated. Yep. And then uh, he wrote some letters on my behalf to the guy that, uh, to, 
Dr. Mike Leahy, who's the guy that started active release techniques. Mm. Uh, Jay was a, an instructor with them. Cool. So he wrote some letters on my behalf saying like, yeah, I know we don't, you know, normally do allow kines grads to do this, but I think this guy's got, you know, what it takes to, mm -hmm. you know, would, would you be okay with him taking the courses? And they were like, yeah, as long as he can get, you know, insurance like malpractice insurance. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I started taking active release technique courses was hmm. the first thing I started taking and cool. then, uh, started working in Kensington with this guy doing uh like like a therapy assistant kind of thing <laughs> and um yeah that kind of led to you know more manual therapy education and more and so i like you're interested like it was yeah your brain was like okay this is yeah i was like oh i can is, i can, I can do cool. this yeah, yeah this is pretty and, I, and it's probably the first time that i was like oh and I, you know i think you could make a a career out of this like mm. i think if you got good at this you could yep you know you could uh make a career at this right so i started doing training uh with that and i did all my all my art certifications and did uh yeah just so i spent probably three or four years doing different certifications and learning different uh yep. you know therapy techniques manual therapy techniques and then i worked with him for uh uh well, I, I was there just shy of 10 years, actually. No way. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And then uh, somewhere around year four with him, uh, I went and did a course, a, a Mulligan's Technique course, which is a, a he's a physiotherapist over in uh, New Zealand, I believe. Yep. And the guy that taught the course, again, so technically, I didn't have any, have any of the prerequisites to take this course because it's usually you know, chiropractors, physiotherapists, this, I, I took like a total backdoor route mm -hmm. to all this. Right. And, uh, so I went to the, I emailed this guy. I was like, I'd really like to take your course. I don't have your, your prerequisites, but I, you know, I've been doing manual therapy for four years. I, you know, certified in ART and I'm grassed in and all these different manual therapy techniques. Yep. So he emailed me back and he was like, yeah, if you think you're and I said, you know, and I've got, at that time, I arranged my own malpractice insurance just through a private insurance company, mm. which cost a fortune. Yep. But uh, whatever, I did that. And I said, yeah, like, I've got malpractice insurance. And he was like, yeah, okay. So uh, if you think that you're able to grasp the material in the course, then go ahead, sign up and come on out. So I went to this course. I think it was in Kelowna, maybe, although I don't remember. And... Uh, during the course, I got talking to the guy that was teaching it and, uh, you know, I'd been doing manual therapy for four years now. So new, reasonably new at it, but still yeah. had a, you know, reasonable amount of experience. And he was like, yeah, you look like you're doing really well. He said, and I ha just had this like, not during the conference chat with this guy, uh, during one of the breaks. And he's like, you know, if you want to be serious about this though, you really need, you should go back and do some type of education in this, hmm. you know, do like physio or Cairo or, you know, s something. Right. Yep. So, uh, I was like, Hmm. And so I started thinking about that and now you got to remember. So I'm now like, <laughs> I don't know, 25, 26, but I got at this point two kids, yep. you know, and Jen's not working. She's home with the kids. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one, you know, working. I'm like, well, shoot, I, I can't, you know, go back to Cairo school or physio school full time. Mm -hmm. And so I started exploring options. 
our head athletic therapist uh, up at U of C while I was playing, uh, Bonnie Tolton, uh, had just completed uh, her osteopathic program out in Vancouver. Hmm. And I was like, maybe that's something I could do, you know? So I uh, went and met with her and, and talked about it a little bit. And the way that that program is set up is it's set up for uh, almost like a, an executive MBA kind of program where you do block week courses. And like remote? So you don't, yeah. have, to, you don't have to actually be on site? Well, no. You, yeah, no. I had to. I, I went to Vancouver. Oh, you did? 100%. But yeah. block week style. Yeah. So it's set up block okay. week style. So you would do a whole course in a week. Yep. And then you'd go home for four weeks, you know, oh, yeah. digest and study the material, come out the next time. And mm -hmm. right when you started, right when the course started, you'd write an exam on the previous, gotcha. on the previous course and then start your next course. Right. Uh, and it was, it was set up block week style, but it was almost like full-time school because it's, yeah. you know, eight courses a year kind of thing. Hmm. Right. So, uh, it, uh, so I was, yeah, in Vancouver for the program was five years. Wow. So I, was, I was in Vancouver. Holy yeah. hell. Yeah. Yeah. One week a month for, huh. for uh, basically the 10 months of the school year. Crazy. Uh, for five years. That's yeah. a grind, wasn't it? It oh, must yeah. have been a grind. 100%. Yeah. No. So I'd fly out. I'd fly out from Calgary on the 7 a.m. flight. Land in Vancouver at 720 because of the time mm -hmm. change. Yeah. Take the train from, well, initially the train in Vancouver, my first couple of years wasn't even open yet prior to the Olympics. So it was like, take a cab from the airport to downtown, get to the, get to school at like eight o'clock at eight 30 class started and it was write your test. Crazy. Yeah. So, uh, wow. And then, yeah, so I'd be in Vancouver for a week and then I'd, uh, come home and, uh, <laughs> so then I, yeah management so long story short the when i was working in in kensington it was a fairly fairly like really high volume clinic so like yep. lots of patients in lots of patients out lots i think me going back to school was the beginning of the end of that because i realized that i couldn't do things the way I, I'm, I'm naturally a bit of a perfectionist and yep. i couldn't do things the way i wanted to do them Based the, on the volume, because it was just like it was everything yeah. was turning over too quick, right? Like yeah. you know, and so I, to me, it's almost like uh, I don't know. Like I feel, I feel bad for people that I saw in my first few years of therapy, essentially, because they didn't get all of you. When, because but I didn't know any different. Yeah, like I came out. Yeah. That was my first experience. Yeah. and to to backtrack too, things are different now. Where you know we have. 17 15 year old kids come into the clinic getting massage get i didn't get any massage nah. i didn't get any you know didn't even know that way are you kidding me like <laughs> you know i got at at, at u of c you know my file there is two yeah. inches thick like yeah. i was always in treatment there but i wasn't a, a treatment guy so mm -hmm. i didn't really know what the mm -hmm. you know i didn't really know what the so i came out and started at this Cairo clinic and you know we're just rolling mm -hmm. you know and so, yeah, I realized quickly though, that I couldn't do what I needed to do to actually help people in the amount of time that I had working with these people. Cause you wanted to essentially not, not heal them like in one session, but you want to give them the perfect treatment that would get them on a path. 
and you need more time to pull it off? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's a perfect Perf- treatment necessary, but what it was, was I, I just didn't feel that I was able to have the impact in yeah. someone's recovery that I needed to yep. in order to be just t- time was just too restricted. I just didn't have time. Yep. You know, like going to school made me realize like to properly assess this hip is going to take me 15 minutes. Mm. Well, I've only got 10 minutes to treat them. Well, how am I going to, you know, assess their hip and treat them and get yeah. them out the door yeah. when I don't even have time to assess it properly, yeah. you know? So uh, anyways, I ended up uh, hmm. that was, so that's where I say going back to school was kind of the beginning of the end of my, my time there. And then uh, I had planned on sticking it out through when I had finished. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, and then maybe starting to look to start something up. Oh, so it was your, it was in the back of your mind that you wanted to have your own thing. It started to get into the back at some point during that school journey. But again, I've never been motivated to, I need to have my own thing. Initially I wanted to have a team thing. I'm a team guy. Right. So I was like, talking to buddies of mine that were in clinical. I was like, Hey, let's Let's put it all together. Something let's make like the best thing in Calgary. Let's do it. And, and they're like, yeah, 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 that's great. That's great. And I don't like, but these guys all had their own thing already going. Yeah. So it'd been very hard for them to be, you know, mm-hmm. to all of a sudden shift gears and, and you know, yep. it just, and so finally, you know, in about my, well, it would have been my fourth year of school. Like I just said to Jen, I was like, listen, we've been, I've been talking to guys for like a year or two now about trying to get something started. The, this isn't going to happen. Like, I think I just need to we just need to do something yep. and then anybody that wants to you know get involved jump you know, on and- yeah come on let's do it you yep. know what i mean yeah so that sort of started that process in motion so while i was the pro- the biggest problem at this point is i'm working in kensington i don't have a billing number though you know mm. so i'm working as an assistant under this guy yeah Somewhere probably around my third year of my osteo program, I'm in Vancouver. Uh, I'm talking to a girl who's from Edmonton, uh, and she's talking about, oh, I'm doing a massage course right now. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And at the time in Alberta, massage was completely unregulated. It was like the wild, wild west, basically. Mm -hmm. Like you had to have some training, but it was pretty minimal. So that starts my wheels turning, and I'm like, okay, so... I come back and I enroll in a 250 hour relaxation massage program, right? Knowing two things. One, that the massage regulations in Alberta are going to change in the next couple of years. Yep. And it's going to be, they're going to require a 2200 hour program. But knowing also uh, that uh, they're going to have to have some sort of way to grandfather or right. Right, like, right. a massage therapist yep. that's been in practice for. 20 years is going to have to have some way to get them certified. Right. So they ended up developing an equivalency exam kind of thing. So I do this 250 hour massage course on the weekends while I'm doing my osteo program, which like the massage course really was a walk in the park. Like I basically didn't, I could have just showed up and written the exams kind of thing. Right. (laughs) Yep. But, uh, any, so I get my, I get a massage billing number. And so now I'm, I'm like, okay, now I feel like at least now I can open a facility. I've got, you know, people have access to benefits to see me. I'm just not all out of pocket because that's going to be very difficult. And so, uh, yeah, one thing leads to another. And there were some changes in Kensington where I, uh, 
I, I can't remember exactly, but my role there basically changed yep. and I was just like, eh. Yep. So I just said, nah, I'm, I think I'm done, right? And so, yeah, we, uh, Jen and I opened most in uh, September 2012. And you were done school? No. So you I were was, like, still, still like fourth or fifth year of osteo? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, got so, your massage billing number. Yeah, I got a massage Open bill. Up most. Got a massage bill. It was in my fifth year of school. So <laughs> my fifth year of osteo school. <clears throat> after you after you do your five year of school, you've got a th you have to write a thesis. So you've got two years to write a thesis. Yeah. Right. So my fifth year of osteo school, I'm studying for my fifth year exams that are on like the entire material of the entire course, where basically you have a, you know, you have a. I had written exams that were uh, uh, basically on a Saturday morning. Our written exam started at 8 a.m. And I wrote from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. with a break for lunch. Gross. Yeah. And uh, at some point, in the, by the end, and it's all, it's all long answer. Mm -hmm. It's all long answer. Like we had these these booklets by the end i'm like literally like my hands so tired like it's shaking and i got terrible writing to begin with i'm like <laughs> I, ho I hope they can read this you know so we get to the we get to the last uh we get to the last um because it's broken up into four sections i get to the last section and to give you an idea i'm getting close to the end and it was like writing until the examiner came and took Boy. away your exam like no you're done like the time's up give me your exam you know, so there's just that much information, right? Yep. So at some point during this last block, I stop and I, I'm like, man, I should, I, I need a break. So I'm just sitting here for like two or three minutes, just kind of, and I start <laughs> looking at my sheet and I'm flipping through it. I had like 13, 14 pages of written answers on my fourth section. I've done three previous sections all in one day. So anyways, Jeez. yeah, so I write, I write this exam. You write a thesis. <laughs> oh God, it was crazy. And so I finished this exam and then you, you go home, you go back to, I was staying with my uh, buddy of mine, Dave Lauren, that I was in class with. Uh, we're staying at like a condo and you're waiting because they grade it all. And uh, there's only eight of us in the class at this point. So it's not like a, a yeah. ton of people. I started with 24 in my class. Crazy. At the end of five years, yeah, there was eight of well, us. Because that's a, yeah. what you did was, yeah. it sounds like torture. Oh, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so then you find out you can only do your practical exam the next day if you pass your, oh, your written. Man. So you need minimum 70%, you know, on your written, and then you can do your practical exam. And then your practical exam the next day is basically a case study. You've got a mock patient in front of you. They give you, you have to do a history. You have to, Crazy. you know, basically find a, re a, a red flag, something that could potentially be a medical emergency or whatever with this person and go through the whole, uh, go through a whole assessment and treatment, right? So two days of like high stress. Oh yeah. Crazy. Through the roof. So I'm studying for this as I'm opening my business and <laughs> two with kids, three kids, three, oh, okay. yeah, three kids. Oh, I'm, I'm totally yeah. lost. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There's a third kid that's coming oh, along. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. So now we got, I got, I got three kids. I'm studying for my exams, opening a business. And in the in April of that year, like two months before the final exams, I'm supposed to submit a thesis proposal. And so I was just like, 
I talked to them in school. I'm like, listen, I can't do this thesis proposal this year. Like, again, I, I want to do things well. I'm like, I could do it, but it's not going to be good. Yep. And my exams are not going to be as good. Like, I need mm -hmm. I need to focus on these. So they were good. They're like, yeah, you can defer your cool, thesis cool. proposal to the following year, which was a great idea. You know, I end up presenting my thesis proposal the following uh, April. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, my thesis proposal was 83 pages. So I'm supposed to be writing that Gross. while I'm studying for my exams, while I'm opening a business, while I got three kids at home. Oh, and wife. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a chaos. When I, when I look back, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty uh, intensive, uh, I at the time, you just kind of just go put your head down and you just go, right? Which is, you know, and now like running, running the clinic and, and the strength and conditioning coach for the UFC dinos. Yeah. And you don't, you have a lot of things going on. So yeah. it seems like you're okay with controlled chaos of everything just kind of going in that direction. You seem to maneuver it. it yeah. Just I think, fine. Again, I th and I think it goes back to what we talked about a while ago, just that, that athletic drive yeah. that you, you know, again, you just go. And I think it helped, you know, I look at now and there's so many, like so much mental illness. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I use that word loosely because personally, I, a lot of it I don't feel is illness. I feel a lot of the mental illness out there right now is just that we're not teaching young people to cope well Ugh. with with the, the stresses and the and the yep. what's you know what life brings, right? Totally. Um, and so we're setting them up for mental illness because they just can't. But anyways, that's man, a, that's, I could, a yeah, totally, that's a totally I, I, different I would, topic. But I would love to talk to you about that for like hours because yeah. I'm. You know, I don't have kids, and I don't. Yeah. You know, but I definitely have strong opinions about that exact thing. Man, so yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That could be a, like a show, I, show. Sure, and I see it. <laughs> you know, I see it every day because I work with kids from. You know, most of the people I work with are outside of my. You know, my clinical practice, but in my coaching practice, you know, most of the people I work with are from fifteen to yep. thirty, kind of thing. Yeah, so you really see thing, it, right? Yeah, no, I see it. Yeah, I mean, we see it every. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, but. Um, um, dude, I like, I feel like I talked to you for like two more hours, Yeah, but I should probably like put a bow on this sucker. Sure. We're getting, uh, we're getting close. Um, so the way I kind of like the show, the way I like to end this show is, mm -hmm. you know, it's called the Calgary sessions. Mm -hmm. I'm born and raised here. Calgary is mm -hmm. everything to me. Mm -hmm. And I like to ask the guest, you know, what does Calgary mean to you? It's kind of an open-ended, super broad, random question. It can be a one word answer. It can be whatever you want. But I like to just, you know, put a bow on each show by the guest answering this question. Well, and this is a funny one because you said, you know, you gave me some heads up, fortunately, that I was going to get this. I didn't want to sue you this, right now. Like, if you had asked me, with, I'd have been like, oh, my. So, Pause. And, and it's actually not till this morning when I went back and reread your email that it actually, because I was like, shoot, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, And it was actually in the way that the email was worded. You said, when I say Calgary, where does your head go? And that's what steered me in a different thought process. And yep. that's what my head, when you say Calgary, goes to people, mm. you know, and like, like I talked about, you know, a minute ago, I think there's just so many fantastic people in this city. And I've, I've been fortunate to meet so many great people in so many different areas. Yeah. Um, I think we're really, I think Calgary's really nationally and internationally underrepresented uh in that standpoint yeah not you know i think a lot of the focus that we get in calgary and in alberta is is on uh economic stuff and 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 business stuff yeah but i think you know 
we get sh- cut sh- we get cut short on our people side of people. things on our diversity and the vibrance of the city and the you know like you look at Calgary and we've got a vibrant restaurant scene we've yeah. got vibrant coffee scene yeah. vibrant you know brewmasters like, fitness like man, all, it's, every scene every, is, is like yeah and 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 progressive like yeah. you know again backtrack 20 years ago totally different city like this this city yeah. is and it's not again it's not the business side of things that's changed in that time frame it's yeah. the the people side of things and the sure. you know and so i think like anything you know if you look at a at a team the 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 essence of a great team is the people involved in it for sure you know uh great business you know the essence of our business is about the people that are involved in building our business and providing our business yeah. um so to me i think that's where my head goes when you, it's really when you say calgary is just it's just the people here are fantastic three for three so the yeah. last <clears throat> you're my third guest well you know episode two three and four yeah the first one was experience the second one was i can't remember but it was right around people and experience and yeah. it's, it's this is gonna be a cool show because i think yeah. it's you know every time i get to ask it i think this will be a common theme for right for people that really know this city yeah no, I think yeah, and, and to me, that's what that's what the city's about. Like, it's just the, the people that live here and yep. the different stories. Then every you know, it's it's a f- great spot. I agree. Yeah. Um, thanks for being on the show. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Uh, I will hook up um, the link to Most Physical Prep in the comments below. Um, okay. Like I said, I've been training there for three years. If anybody's out there, you know, on there trying to figure out their fitness, now's a weird time because nothing's open. Yeah, which is, we didn't even really get into discussing uh, fitness stuff what at all. You do? But, uh, <laughs> but it, if, if you are looking for some something, some new place that has a very unique vibe, no um, family-oriented super high performance if you want it to be it can be casual if you want it to be but very effective and the knowledge there is amazing so i'll plug you because thanks man you couldn't uh so anyways i will uh, include the link below but um yeah thanks again for being on the show i really appreciate it thanks for having me man it was great cool